Well, this is a lot more people than I was expecting. <laughs> um, good morning, everybody, and happy Mother's Day. I'd like to wish a special Mother's Day to all of the lovely ladies that are here this morning in my life. My grandma, my granny, my Aunt Lindsay, my Aunt Dorian, and of course, my mother. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm obviously very lucky to have all of this support in my life, and I could not be more thankful to have them all as my people to look up to. So my name is Julia Wolak. I'll be graduating Kent Place School in about three weeks, actually exactly three weeks, not that I'm counting. And in the fall, I'll be attending Boston College, and I could not be more excited. Today, I'm going to be preaching on the second half of Romans 12:2, which states, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the first thing that I want to talk about today is what God's will for us is. In Ephesians, it says that God's will is predestined for us so that we might be for the praise of his glory. God wants us to praise him, and he wants us to glorify him. His will for us is also predestined, meaning that no matter the number of times we try to resist God and take control of our own lives, we will always end up in conformity with his will. What God wants for us will always be the end result. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God wants us to rejoice in all of the blessings that he's given us. He wants us to praise and worship him. Whoops, I lost my spot. Sorry. <laughs> he wants us to be thankful for the blessings that he's given us and for the circumstances that he's provided us with. God's will for us is to live holy lives that glorify him. And once we can see and recognize what God's will for us is, we can trust his will and follow it for the praise of his glory. So the second thing that I would like to address is what God's will is and why it's so pleasing good, and perfect. So God's plan for you was created for only you. There's no cookie-cutter plan that applies to the majority of people. We were all created to be different and to follow different plans created specifically for our lives. Jesus, just as we were made perfect in God's image, God has made his plan for us perfect. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the Lord tells us that he knows the plans that he has for us. These are the plans that will cause us to prosper, to give us hope, and to give us a future. We can never doubt the plans that God has because we know that if we trust in him, he will make our paths the right one because his will is the perfect one. The final thing I'd like to talk about is testing and approving God's will and how we can do this. Recently, I've been testing and approving God's will for me and very much struggling with it. My SALT leaders, Tanya and Kelly, can vouch for me in that because we've gotten to many arguments about what God's will for me is because something comes up every week that I can't figure out. So one example would be that I used to be an avid soccer player. I had the plan created in my mind that I was going to be varsity captain my senior year and I was going to go on to college and play club soccer. But of course that was my plan for me and that was not what God had in store. So as a result I sustained multiple concussions and was told that I I was no longer able to play soccer. God picked me up right off the road that I wanted to be headed down and was so sure of and placed me right over here where I did not want to be. But of course, when we trust God and his plan for us, he does awesome things in our lives. 
As a result of not being able to play soccer, I was able to become a senior intern, and last year I was the president of 1307. So I was more involved in the church than I ever imagined because I was now on the path that God wanted me to be on. My heart and mind had been set on soccer and not on the Lord, so He decided to change my focus. The ability to test and approve of God's will comes from being able to set our hearts and our minds on God. In Colossians 3, it says that we need to set our hearts and minds on things above and not on earthly things, because when Christ appears in our lives, then we will also appear with Him in glory. When we are conformed to the patterns of this world and living for materials and for people, we cannot easily see God's plan for our lives. But when our minds are transformed, we will know what God's plan for us is and easily desire to follow what He has in store. But God doesn't intend for this transition to be easy. In James 1 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may mature and be complete, not lacking anything. And Romans 8 28 says that God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his, perf- to his purpose. So God's plan for you is good. Although we face trials of many kinds, it's because God is working out of his love for you. He wants you to strengthen your faith and persevere through the challenges that he presents you with. When you realize that the will of God is the reason for your trials, your faith will be strengthened and you can persevere through these trials. And once you persevere through these trials, you will come out of the process complete and not lacking anything. This is how your mind is transformed to be able to see God's plan. So many of you have probably heard the story of Saul and his transformation into Paul. I think that this is the perfect example of testing and approving God's will for you. Saul was the furthest person that one could get from wanting to become a Christian. He hated Jesus and all of those who worshiped him. He had planned to arrest everyone that worshiped the Lord in Damascus. But of course, that was Saul's plan for himself. That wasn't what the Lord had in store for him. So while he was on the road to Damascus, Jesus came to him and changed his heart. Saul was thrown to his knees in the middle of the road and forced to listen to God's will for him. When Saul reached Damascus, he didn't arrest any of the followers of Jesus, but instead he joined them. Saul went around preaching in the synagogues that Jesus was the Messiah. So this was the ultimate testing and approval of God's will. By going out and doing exactly the opposite of what God had wanted for him, he was transformed by the Holy Spirit to become a follower of Jesus. Saul was now on the path that God wanted for him. So, by testing and approving God's will for us, we can find that we're going to be on the right path. A verse that I want to leave you all with today is Proverbs 3 5-6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. So the challenge that I have to throw out to you all this week is to set your eyes on the Lord and not on things of this earth, because when you do that, you'll be able to see His plan for you. So to challenge you to all set your eyes on things above and not on earthly things, so that way you can see what God's will for you is in this upcoming week. Would you all please bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, please show us your perfect will. Would you please just put it on our hearts? This week to turn to you and to have your plan revealed to us. Let us know that your plan for us is good and pleasing and perfect, and that it was made specifically for us to glorify you. Give us the desire and the strength to stay on your plan for us 
and don't let us stray. In your name I pray, amen.